Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 extravaganza. For seven years of Lost Aline are going to take the big sweep. My name is Aaron, and Missouri is the company for us, Sam. Not for us. Not for us. Ah, yes, yes, yes. All right. So today we are finally uh, talking about an EP again. Um, the last Laurel EP with Starflyer 59. Um, this EP has Frank Lins returning on the drums and Jason Martin on guitar. However, the bass, so far, so from what I can dig up online, we only have Josh Dooley on track two and then Derek Lemonis, who played on some other albums, on, on track three. I don't know if Martin just played on the other two tracks or what. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> we'll have to look into that. <laughs> so, um, the last Laurel EP, it was kind of the prelude to Talking Voice versus Singing Voice, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So, Aaron, let's go ahead and just kick this off. Tell me your history, your memories, album artwork, whatever you have about this EP as a whole. All right, I originally got the CD. I uh, have no idea how I got it. I'm sure it was a mail order from somewhere. I know it's bad out, so it wasn't a Velvet Blue or Tooth and Nail release. I don't remember. It's so long ago. This came out again, what, 2004, 6, Sam? What year is that? Again? 2004. 2004. So, yeah, that's, gosh, that's so long ago, 18 years ago or something like that. And I remember getting the CD. Um, and then uh, shortly after that, um, Republic of Texas Records put out the vinyl. So I got that too. So the vinyl is like a picture disc. Um, on one side, it's like a, a drawing. Um, and there was like a white cover. Uh, it, was, it was white. And then there was like a blue ink one, a red ink one, and a black ink one. I think the red ink was super red. It was like five of them made or something like that. And a couple test pressings. And then the CD is just a regular CD. Um, and a piece of paper with the, you know, quarter fold on the back and, and a plastic sleeve. And it's probably like $75,000 on sale <laughs> right now if you want a copy of it. Um, but yeah, I got it when it first came out, liked it. Um, and this, I believe, if I remember correctly, it did also come out before the Talking Voice versus Singing Voice album. So this was like a um you know, like you said a prequel a little taste of the album so i've been listening to it since 2004 um love it and we'll obviously get into specifics about it but yeah overall i enjoy this album and i understand why these songs didn't make it on the talking voice for singing voice how about you sam mm-hmm. all right so um much like a lot of starfire from this air the only knowledge I have of this is um, I've seen the picture of it. So um, really, I've listened. I'm I've I realized today that I've heard these songs before because it's on the Ghosts of the Past album, but I hadn't heard them in this context. So um, it'll be just kind of interesting to talk about them track by track. Um, so if you're okay with it, um, I guess there's not really too many reasons to preamble. Let's just get started on this. All right, let's do it. All right, so first up, we have Softness Goodness. Um, so go ahead and kick us off here, Aaron. 
I remember um, when this first came out, like there was rumors <laughs> um, on, I believe it was the Velvet Blue message board, if y'all remember those days. And there was a rumor going on that Biggie Cor- Billy Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins sung the background vocals on this song. And uh, I think people would t- took it seriously at first. And then after a while, it was, you know, um, pretty um, well known that that was just a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Um, where that rumor started, but I, every time I hear this song, I just think of that and I trip out. Um, it's hilarious. Um, so I call this Lounge Western Flyer because it's got some strong lounge vibes to it with the country flip, country western flair. Sly guitar, of course, Sonic Butter, um, um, hand claps, man, those freaking hand claps. I love them in Starfire um, out on songs. Then Jason and company really knows how to use them. Um, the strings and electronic, I think those are electronic strings. I'm pretty sure there's not an orchestra. Maybe there is, because I know in talking voice versus singing voice, there's actual strings. So I'm not sure about here. Um, but they the, the strings, either way, um, add a chilled out ambiance to the song. Um, the stutter drum pattern at the end of the song um, is a great way um, to change it up and end and um yeah um it's a great song um who knows what the words are about it's cryptic as usual who knows um i love it i'm not really gonna since this song is um on the talking voice versus singing voice um as far as star rating and all that stuff i'm gonna save it for that i'm not gonna really rate it in the context of this ep so that's all i gotta say about this song what do you say sam so I did note this is the only track here that's actually from the Talking Voice versus Singing Voice album. And I listened to like both tracks and they're both the same track. So I feel pretty confident those strings are that string trio um, slash quartet that Franklin's arranged for. Um, so I think this yeah. is actual live strings here. Yeah. So I uh, love the long droning acoustic guitar intro. Um, this this EP in general, lots of acoustic from Martin, which I love hearing him experiment more with that. So you've heard me before kind of say that I think a lot of Starflyer um, albums kind of fall into trilogies. So you have like the monochromatic trilogy of silver gold americana you have the pop trilogy of fashion focus everybody makes mistakes and leave here a stranger and this is the last stop of what i call the experimental trilogy of um old um portuguese blues and talking voice versus singing voice and this is him experimenting more with um softer indie vibes indie pop vibes and I think that lovely violin quartet really adds to that nuance. Um, not sure what the lyrics are about. Um, I have my opening lyrics for seven years of lost the lean are going to take the big sweep. But I think it pits imagery of revenge and anger in my head. Um, and it could be against a person. I like to imagine since so many of his lyrics deal with blue collar woes. Maybe this is him railing against like a company that did him or his friends wrong, right? Yeah. And like a, a like big corporate America, and he's like, "Hey, for seven years we've invested in you, and then you just turn around and screw us." Which past year, especially more than anything, we've seen this excessively. But you know, it's throughout all of America's history. This is nothing new. 
yeah. big corporations always look out for the bottom dollar, not for their people. Yeah. And um, I like to imagine this song is about that. So the only the, the only real lyrical meaning I get out of this is from the chorus, you know, and I see what you're saying about the lean. I totally see that. But death is the middle, softness, goodness, keep in mind, just to have a watchful eye. I see that as death is the middle, like this is the middle, like when you die, you know, you go to heaven, something else. So be softness, goodness, keep in mind, you know, because just have a watch for you're always looking, waiting for Christ to return because, you know, he said he's going to return. So keep in mind that even though this world is at times horrible and hard, softness and goodness still has to be at the core of who you are because death is not the end. It's just the middle of the story. And that's the, that's the only meaning. I, I, who knows what he means, but that's what I get out of it. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have next up here? We have the man who will lead, and that will be you, Sam. Take it. <laughs> All right. So mm-hmm. I think this one is a bit more Christian lyrics, sort of. Um, though the older I get, the less I like trying to put stuff into boxes like Christian or not Christian music because it gets really redundant and, ref- and frustrating at times, especially depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. But let's start with the music. Um, I like the sunshine vibes, complete with bird tweets. Like, I was not expecting this, like, kind of island song. Um, is this the first happy beach song we've ever heard from Martin? Because he's done beach songs. But is this the first happy one? You could even say maybe it's the first happy song. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we even get, like, this but happy by organ. Def- yeah, definitely happy beach song for sure. <laughs> We even get like this happy organ. Um, that's the organ itself hasn't been present since Gene Eugene left. So, um, so I like the whole entire vibe of this. It's just lovely. It just uh, makes me really happy. This is one I want to have hanging out on my playlist. Um, the lyrics honestly give me Ronnie vibes. Mm-hmm. Like when he's talking about. Um, Find us a man who can lead like stories of old. That just thinks me think of something Ronnie would write. Yeah. Um, and it, it is an almost Christian like message um, searching for a lost love and a man who leads to us to golden times. That man being Jesus, you know, um, Jesus is the lover of our souls, etc. Um, you could take it that way. You could take it to just singing about the lost love of your life, you know, a girl, whatever. Um, it could be taken many ways. It's cryptic enough. It's short enough, but it's it's just good vibes overall. Um, a, a rare, happy, positive sounding song, and um, I like the electric guitar solo there at the end um, to kind of break up the acoustic a little bit. Overall, wonderful track. Just pleasant. Um, I lyrically I took this as um, yeah, search for gold, trust the man who will lead us to you know like like you said. I took this as maybe Jason as um, homage to his dad because you know he had a good relationship with his dad and he has other songs about his dad providing and stuff like that and and also the whole western movies he's a obviously a huge western fan and like Shane and on a future album we'll talk about and so I kind of thought this is like a country like a country western love story like a movie but also inspired by his love for his, his dad, his, his earthly dad, <laughs> not spiritual dad. Um, um, this is a great walking song. I used it. I used to put this song on repeat on my discman. If y'all remember what a discman were, 
was uh, and I would go for walks just with this on repeat because you're right it's very upbeat and just happy especially like it's springtime it's a great springtime song um and and, and like you said the organ um throughout the courses um it's you know it's just sublime I love it um that's and and I and also I appreciate um when Jason does more acoustic stuff he I am yes he's a great guitar um with his solos and you know on electric guitar and everything which I definitely appreciate too much fun for example but when he does acoustic I really love it too because he's he's a master of the guitar so I really appreciate that this is with that said this is um my least favorite song fourth favorite again doesn't mean it's terrible and all the songs on this album, three and a half stars just up front, because they're they're all like just missing either too short, a little something here or there that make them from being a four and a five, but three and a half, all solid songs. So yeah, that's what I have about The Man Who Will Lead. Okay, I have a feeling I'm going to like this EP a lot more than you will. So, um, Aaron, what can you tell me about people who are thin as a needle? <laughs> Do you know anyone that's thin as a needle? <laughs> Yeah, John. <laughs> he used to look like the biggest son. <laughs> and that line, like uh in the um online it's a little different than on the when I learned to sing songbook. Um in the lyrics it says five online, so it says five four, like like five foot five foot four inches, like in the um English measure in the US measurements, but then it goes three to one as it's implying that this person was five four, three hundred and twenty-one pounds. <laughs> and um and it and I I don't know, this makes me giggle every time. I don't know if that was intentional or whatnot. But I love the cowbell. Or is that a conga bell? I'm pretty sure it's the cowbell in it. Um yes, love it. Um the and then the different percussion, there's block, wood blocks and other stuff in the background too. Um Lens is a genius. What can I say? All the the percussion thing, percussive things he's doing in the back. Um, turns this song into a, a bop. Um, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I dance this song. I love it. Um, the lyrics to me sounds like yeah, somebody had an uh, eating problem, anorexia, bulimia, because they were big. Now they're thin as a needle. I don't know, so I took. Um, I, I, it borderline sounds like Jason's body shaming, but whatever. Um, like I said, three and a half songs, and this is my third favorite song on the album. <laughs> um, what do you think, Sam? So I the body shaming did cross my mind, but what I wrote was, "Who's Jimmy? Is Jimmy starving? Even though he used to be fat, I'm like, I I don't understand this song. I I not quite sure what's going on with it. Um, but we do get back to those kind of blue collar roots, and I don't know if he's doing this on purpose. But here's what I took out of it: I think I'm just in a very blue collar mood this week because <laughs> of stuff going on with my job and stuff. But um, <laughs> Um, that'll do it <laughs> you, you gotta eat to live you gotta work to eat but then because you're working to eat you have no time left for living um is the kind of cycle we tend to find ourselves in and um i i just think that's kind of a, a fun concept if jimmy is less a person that he's shaming and more a personification of our desire to, um, you know, we have, we want to consume to live, but then we're working so much to get the food. We can't always consume. And it just, it's a vicious cycle. We can't um, stop eating. Can't stop eating. <laughs> can't. Um, this song gives me nice, like Americana slash fashion focused vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, and a surprisingly catchy melody. Yeah. Like, um, 
Martin up to this point hasn't been overly concerned with melodies, but I feel like this has a good melody to it. That's just hummable. So that's my feelings on that. Now, the next one is The Lucky Ones. At first, I thought it was the same as the Portuguese blues song, but it's not. This is a different song. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the song opens with this Moog-sounding synth, which this I love. Your favorite like, song. This, this is your favorite song in this album, isn't it? It's between this or The Man Who Will Lead. It's, okay. I like both of them a lot. Okay. Um, and then this is like an almost conventional sounding course or the verses, I guess, are more conventional, like melody, like once again, really strong melody mixed that moog synth. And then it switches into an almost epic, like course bridge thing. The part where it's, there's a reason you're at a loss. It like switches tempos where it gets like almost epic sounding. And I don't know, it's really cool. Um, I feel like the lyrics on this are really straightforward, though. If you make a good decision, you get good things, like possibly a wife. If you make bad decisions, don't be surprised. You're at a loss because you're making bad decisions. You're going to get bad things in return. Really straightforward idea. Um, I think the whole entire song is a play on the lucky ones are the ones who make good decisions. And I like that idea. Um, it once again feeds back into that working hard mentality. You know, good things come to those who work hard. Um, and while it may not have the full spectrum of some people can work all they want and they're still not going to get ahead. Um, generally speaking, you know, the, the good things do happen to those who work for it. So, yeah, it's a fun song. I like it. Man, you are really in a blue collar mood tonight. I just thought this is a straight up love song. <laughs> um, this is the jam on this EP. This is my favorite song. Uh, I love this song. Like that, that opening, burn, like the mood you mentioned. That burn, as soon as you, it's like different from the rest of the album. You just it's because the rest of them, besides softness, goodness, sort of kind of with an acoustic sound or a guitar, and it starts off with that burn, and so it just draws you in from there. Um, and then the different guitar um, effects and electronic flourishes throughout the song um, just really just turn the song into like, I mean, like you mentioned, it's just songwriting wise is a great song. But then you add all these extra flares that Lens and crew add to it and Jason. Um, it just turns it into something truly beautiful. Um, this is Top Shelf, Starfire 59, um, um, 59's um, material. It's up there with Leaf Hair Stranger and Americana um, type stuff. And I know everything up here is like three and a half stars, except for this song. This is like a four star um, song. It's just, I don't know. I, I know it's a simple song. It's just sometimes less is more. He could have done at it more, but sometimes when you got it, when you perfect something, you just leave it alone. And I love the line, my life, all my love, this is true. I'm a lucky one. I mean, <laughs> It's so simple, but I mean, just in, in I think we meant when when Terry was on, Terry Taylor was on, and we talked about Jason's lyrics. Sometimes they're cryptic, um, a lot of times they're cryptic, but sometimes he can just in one line and a very few words can just like communicate like a dissertation's worth of information, you know. And he does it with that line. I mean, and like it just gets me every time. Like I get teary out every time I listen to this song. Um, and I, I mean, and we joke about his happy songs, but when he writes the love song, minus. Um, 
<laughs> your company. <laughs> he really nails the love songs. He really does. And he totally nails this song. I love it. Um, oh, yeah. your company? You mean the most perfect closing track ever? <laughs> it's funny. As time goes on, I like, I like that song even less. <laughs> that, all right. Don't kill me. It's still a good song, though, but just not. It's not. It, it, this. Uh, this song is way better than your company. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, all right. Um, you have anything else for this amazing song, Sam? Um, nope, I don't. I think the next one may actually be my favorite on the album. Possibly. <laughs> oh my God, Sam! I would. I would. I, this past week, I sat there between this and um, 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 Lucky Ones. I sat there too, but I was like, this song doesn't make me cry. It's probably a better song, but it doesn't make me cry. So, lucky ones get it. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you why. For us, maybe my, it's just it's vibing me hard. Yeah, like um, it's more of a sketch than an actual song. Like a lot of the songs on this EP, um, mm-hmm. I think that's why they're on the EP is because they weren't full, fully formed songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the acoustic guitar, the synths, the poppy electric guitar. This is all my cup of tea. The strong melody. Mm-hmm. It's like this is where he's kind of showing off his Britpop kind of yes. sound. Yes. Um, and that's just that's so my cup of tea. Um, I even get like Blur vibes from this, and I I love Blur. So um, the, we'll the lyrics. Oh, <laughs> blur is so much better than Oasis. Uh, drop that out there. Words, no, away. Oasis is way better. <laughs> Oasis is way better. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll save that for another. We'll just have yeah. a our podcast episode. Yeah. So how wrong um, you are, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the another reason why I probably like this one, you know, I'm a sucker for a love song. The yeah. lyrics you need about when he's with someone, probably his wife. Mm-hmm. Misery just seems far away. Mm-hmm. And I wish this was a boy and bo- bon voyage song. I really oh, do. Like, oh my god, you stole my! No. Go ahead. <laughs> I wish this was a bon voyage song. <laughs> I vibe it so hard. It's amazing. <laughs> and honestly, what we eventually get from Bon Voyage's third album is not this, and it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> All right, I'm I, I I hear you, and that was one of mine. I was because um, okay, let me just start, and I'll get there. Okay, so this, yeah, you said Britpop, but it also kind of I said this was like a Pony Express song to me because it's on. This is not a Starfire song. Like this is so like all the things you listed. That's not a typical Starfire song. And and normally Jay, the oddball stuff ends up on Pony Express albums, and turns out to be great. You know, great quirk, quirky music, and. And I would love to see Pony. I would love to see Pony Express do um, a, a remake of this. Um, I think that'd be good. The electric beeps and the overall vibe of this, like you said, it's just it's such an oddball, wonderful creation. And and I love that it's like a sketch. It's not a completed song, you know. Like um, "Shade of Mortal Coil" by Daniel Lemus. That seems feels like a sketch song to me too. But this, even though it's a sketch, it feels completed to me. The only thing I wish is that the chorus, like you said, the end. Misery is no company for us. If that was a duet with Jason and Julie as the outro, it didn't have to be a Pony uh, uh, Bon Voyage song. We just had Julie singing the singing on the vocal um, on co-lead vocals, or at least on the chorus. This song would have 
been just a, probably a five. <laughs> and I just want to the, hear them do a duet in general. Like, yeah. come on, where's this at? Yeah, especially for this. I mean, and then that that and like you're in that line, misery is no com- company for us. That has been a mantra. I remember the first time I listened. That the only thing I remember the first time that I listened to this the first time was like, yeah. Misery is no company for us, you know. And of course, at the time, you know, I was Christian, so I was thinking as Christians. But then, like you said, as a couple, when you're romantic, when you're in love, or not even just in love, but when you, you know, you're you're in a committed relationship that you're trying to make last forever, and it's good. Misery doesn't live with you. And how wonderful is that? Like, there's so many miserable people and the stresses of a blue collar life at work and stuff. But even with that, if you have the person you love. Misery can't live with you, and I just love that idea. And so, yeah, and so it's so close um, um, to being as good as um, the lucky ones. But if the, if the duet happened, then this song would have been a five. So, but the way it is, it's three and a half stars. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about fair that. Enough. <clears throat> so overall, this e- I, I I find this to be a splendid EP. I agree. I think this is. This is the best EP we've gotten since Fell in Love at 22. No I, argument here. <laughs> I strongly believe that. Um, for if it, it, the, if it wasn't for Traffic Jam, I think this EP would be better, just for the record. But go ahead. <laughs> possibly. Um, so we got four very enjoyable indie pop songs, which indie pop is something he hasn't really done yet. But I know moving forward, this is kind of more the direction he's going to go. Yeah. Um, and they just they may be b-sides and a preview of an upcoming album but it's a good showing for what it is and i like that we got four b-sides like um you know once again we haven't gotten that in a minute right yeah Um, on the on the uh last full-length ep um which was can't stop eating we only got two b-sides and the same for Portuguese blues. Yep. Only two B sides. So four full B sides makes me really happy. And yeah. they're all darn good songs. Like they are. I yeah, I, I'm vibing these hard. Um so on this actually I'm give it a rating since it's a proper EP. Um mm-hmm. music, I give it a two and a half. Um I think the mm-hmm. music is just golden here. I, I am vibing this um Brit pop, indie pop vibe. Um, the lyrics are a one and a half. Once again, we, no one comes to Starflyer Fifty Nine saying, "I just love <laughs> these deep lyrics." Um, while I appreciate the lyrics and the vibe they give, I don't think this isn't like Terry Taylor lyrics or anything. Yeah, yeah. And overall, I give it a two. I think this is a solid EP. I wish it wasn't so limited edition. I'm glad the songs eventually got re-released on Ghosts of the Past. Yeah. So overall, I give this a six out of nine. Mm, okay. I give it um, a lyric to lyrics. Yeah. Outside of lucky ones. And um, for us, I mean, there's not much there. So yeah, I'm with you on one there. Um, music. Um, the music's really good, Sam. Uh, is it a three, though? No, you're right. It's probably like two. Um, and then overall, and how it holds up. I mean, this is going to be timeless music. I mean, what 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 time period is this music from? It could be from the 80s, 90s, on the radio today, 2004. You know, it's not really beholden to a genre. You know, it's not like some, it's not like new wave, you know, Devo type stuff, you know. Um, so I think it's going to hold up pretty well. So I give it like a timeless, like a three 
um, on how it holds up. So I like you a six overall. And I think this is far more timeless than like Portuguese blues sounded very of its time. Garage rock was blowing up when he was doing yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, old for what it is, it's an emo album. Now, mm-hmm. granted, it's it has far more technicality to it than yeah. traditional emo, but it's still yeah. an emo album produced by Aaron Sprinkle mm-hmm. at the height of Tooth and Nail's emo phase. Yeah. So this, um, and I think probably Talking Boys versus Scene Boys feel much more of a of no specific time period. Mm-hmm. They don't fall so easily into whatever year they were produced in. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, same goes for um, um, everybody makes mistakes. Um, like what? What is that even? Like I don't even know. What time, like what? Time, like every time I listen to it, I'm like what time frame is this from? Like it's just yeah. It's just just creates a new sound that no one else is doing. <laughs> so, guys, that is our thoughts on this. Tell us what you think. Um, tell us what you're excited about, not excited about during this period of Starflyer. Yeah. Um, tell Aaron that Blur is the far superior band. And, and if you have a copy of this album, hook Sam up. He deserves a copy. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys on our next episode where I believe Thanks. we finally get to go into Talking Voice versus Seeing Voice. Yes, everybody's favorite. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Again, we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, once again, my name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. This has been a Brothers King Media production.